peace and welcome to the tailored healing collective podcast this is a space where we discuss everything sacred medicine motherhood healing practices across the globe and transformation above all it is my hope you take each story shared here and find empowerment in your own life for it is here that we educate the mind to liberate the soul i'm your host taylor Welcome to another enlightening episode of the Tailored Healing Collective podcast. Today, we will embark on a journey through history, unveiling the enigmatic Knights Templar and the influential Jesuit order. Additionally, we'll explore America's monopoly and discuss the critical topic of empowering women to build wealth for themselves and the future of generations to come. So I thought that today would be an excellent day to talk about the history of the world's finances. And I think that's really important because we are living in a time right now where a lot of people seem to struggle with money, not just money in itself, but the idea of wealth, what it is, where it comes from, how can we get more of it, how can we keep it, and In all the studies I've done over the years, I have seen that it is extremely important to understand the background of something before you even try to dive into what it actually is, or you won't be able to grasp the full meaning of it. And so when I started digging into esotericism a lot, one of the first things that I found out about was the Knights Templar. So you may be asking yourself, what is the Knights Templar? Well, to give you... I guess a short little cheat sheet, the Knights Templar was an organization whose foundation essentially made what is today America's banking system, if you will. So let's talk about it a little bit. The origins of the Knights Templar was a large organization of devout Christians. During the medieval era, they were protecting European travelers visiting sites in the Holy Land while carrying out military operations. They were the earliest form of banking and transporting goods. So I found this really interesting because we always wonder when did the trade of paper money for goods start? And I always take it back to, you know, when we were using coins like silver, um, gold and all these things and wonder how we got to where we are. But there's always like this transition from money to different places. And you wonder, well, why in the world did we decide that it was a smart thing to do to start exchanging goods for other goods? It wasn't even, or it didn't feel like a bartering system anymore because eventually one thing got more worth than the other, and so we were kind of left in the dark. So the Knights Templar enabled trade for sovereigns, foreign merchants, and pilgrims. Now, the word pilgrim is really interesting I have been obsessing about looking into the etymology of words, the root word, the base definition, and what it actually means. So when I looked it up, it said a pilgrim was a person traveling to a holy place. Now, the trading that was going on was between the Christians and the Muslims. And we have to think about the origin about a lot of these religions, where they were starting out, 
what was their background who were they serving and I found it really interesting too that they were essentially preaching the gospel and again let's pay attention to words the gospel is God's spell so preaching about the order of Jesus if you will is funny enough in itself because who was Jesus but the son of Mary Mary the virgin virgin also does not mean woman who did not have intercourse it means unmarried woman so in fact I probably looked very shocked when I found out that the Knights Templar was serving the mother the virgin Mary as you see very often in the Catholic Church so here they are protecting their goods and valuables and forming this protective order of men to not only take a sworn oath, but to also choose not to fraternize, I can't talk today, fraternize with women and hold this almost monk-like order. Um, but they're all, you know, sharing a similar idea. It's like a boys club, you know, it reminds me of the He-Man Woman Haters Club and the Little Rascals. <laughs> It's actually funny thinking about it right now. <laughs> and now they all made a pact not to interact with the women. And then you had alfalfa, but I'm not going to get off track with that today. So they're protecting their goods and they're forming these organizations saying, okay, we're all going to form together. We're going to go around preaching this gospel about Jesus or whatever it is that we believe in. And in our order, Every other order that's in this area, when we go there, we can hold our valuable goods here and we don't have to travel with them. So let's say I need to get some money out while I'm traveling or I need something to exchange funds with. I can go to another Knights Templar and get this. These all these societies are forming to protect their own assets and goods within, you know, these organizations that they have. So these organizations are also acting as banks. Banks are like, you know, the checking accounts, the places where you can get credit extended to you. As long as you're a part of this society, you can do that. And so I found that so interesting because when we think about financial institutions in the United States, it's the exact same idea. We always wonder, okay, how are we being extended credit? And it goes so deep, guys. When you find out that the credit that's actually being extended to you is your credit, it's a whole nother story. I'm not going to dig too much into sovereignty today because that's a whole nother topic going into the history of the United States and birth certificates and all that. It's not hidden news. It's just news that is not there for the general public to speak about all day. Most people are not aware of a lot of this. But I do want you to focus on the whole thing with the banks. These organizations that these men essentially agreed to set up to protect each other and protect their valuable assets and say, oh, you can get from me, you can get this from me, and we'll protect each other as long as you promise not to fraternize with women and <laughs> promise to spread this gospel truth. Funny, huh? My biggest question is, where were all the women when this was going on? <laughs> I actually did read that there was one woman who was the only known woman in the Jesuit order. I cannot remember her name at the moment. That's really bad. I should have included that. But other than that, I could not find any history on women being a part of this. Um, and I'm sorry, the Knights Templar said the Jesuit order. Now, the Jesuit order is kind of similar to me from all the history that I've read. It just sounds like a boys club who is preaching the truth of Jesus Christ. And 
usually on this podcast, I do not try to bring religion into this at all, but the religion is the basis of the world's financial systems because if they're all agreeing to spread a certain truth that is essentially protecting them at the end of the day and creating the structure for this boys club, well, what what did you expect? (laughs) What did you expect? But they're secretly in service to the mother. So when I think about the origins of these groups and what they're creating and what they've done, but in service to the mother, it's like they've known this whole time. These esoteric secrets always go back to the practice of the Sibyls. And the Sibyls were like the oracles back then. I know it's a long history for me to try to wrap your head around if you're new to this, but the Sibyls were very much like the sirens. And if we think about sirens, we think about water spirits, which makes a perfect connection as to why they use terms like banks. What is a bank? But a centralized body of water with liquid running through its channel. Who's liquid? We are the liquid. We are the assets. We are the estate. So this is what it evolved to. Now, they say the Knights Templar got shut down over a long period of time, but you know, rumors, right? They say it's still going on, but I've shown you, you know, just a couple of the similarities where you see it's very similar to the organization of trading in the United States, in the Western world, in other places as well. So they did essentially revolutionize finance because if you think about it, If people know that the only way to protect their social standing is to form groups where they all share similar ideas and similar values, you can kind of keep this going for like centuries on end. You know, people can tend to be sheep a little bit, so they all want to agree with each other on these certain topics and subjects and also feel protected because you have to remember they were traveling to these holy places, the holy places being Jerusalem, that whole area too. Um, But what I want to emphasize on that is When you think about someone traveling to a holy land, a spiritual place, a Mecca, if you will, it's because they are trying to get back in alignment with the original spirit, the spirit that they are copying and taking these ideas from to turn into their own. Because if the world was once a very abundant place, a place where everyone was helping everyone all the time, there were no secret societies, there were no orders, there were, there was just abundance the world was a fruitful place. You could go outside, pick a apple off a tree and not have to pay for it. <laughs> but now someone got the idea saying, oh, well, let me take this, this original idea, chop, flip it and reverse it a little bit and make sure that we all can keep all our goods together. That is, um, I'm not going to say this is about men, but that is a masculine thing, a very logical and structure way of being. And we all know that in esoteric secrets, it is a combination of the two. It is both the physical and the spiritual coming together. So getting into how this continues to shape finance, especially in the United States, you want to think about who's running the country, essentially, at least on a tangible level, on a physical level. We say everybody is struggling for money. The banks own everything. They own the hospitals. They own the grocery stores. They own the gyms. Everything that sustains human life that is available for trade and commerce, they own. And they own it on a line of credit. So 
everybody is desperate to become a part of the system that essentially keeps everything separated in little fractions, you know. It keeps them able to continue asking. <laughs> well, I don't even say they're asking. Continue to be a part of these systems where they can be in their own societies where they all agree on a set of rules and not to do anything. But you see it's very interesting how we don't hear about women involved with any of this. Even the Knights Templar, they wore red crosses on them and I know most of y'all know like things like the American Red Cross what does that symbolize well in Christianity they talk about Jesus dying on the cross with the crown of thorns but I have shown in many a decode on my TikTok that everything started with the origin of the mother so when you see the son sacrificed on a cross it's really a replication of the Mother Mary and her halo, which is not a crown of thorns per se, but a crown of roses. Every rose has its thorn. And so you're like, okay, well, how is this connected to money? It's because money is not just money. Money is energy. It is an exchange of what you carry within you, the power of creation. And that essentially comes from the mother. So... If you wonder why nobody ever mentioned this and they started sporting red crosses everywhere, it's probably because the masculine at one point for a very long time benefited from only going about the logical aspect of things, which can turn into greed, essentially. That's why you see all the world's billionaires everywhere, not really giving out to the people who truly need it, but containing the wealth within the succession of their families. Now imagine all these people who are part of the Knights Templar. This is just hypothetical too. I have no clue. <laughs> I'm just speaking from a place of thought. Um, let's imagine that they had lines of children and lines of family members who all go on to explore the rest of the world as merchants and traders, AKA pirates. And they go to other countries and they establish more orders and more orders and more orders and they start owning all the organizations. You, you get a monopoly there, right? So one thing I've been exploring this week are the origins of the game Monopoly. Everybody's favorite family fun time game, right? Where you have the banker, everybody has their little token, their person that they're playing, and you explore what it's like to disperse wealth among different properties if you choose to own anything and see who has the most money in the end. Now, being a fully grown adult who played this game as a child, I sit back and wonder, why were we playing this kind of game? Because this is the game of life, another popular game where you disperse money and see who's going to win in the end. And I know that somehow that has to be connected because in the world, most people do not think about the monopoly that's being played out on the world stage and out here. They don't think about any of that. What they do think about is themselves and surviving we don't live in a state of thriving anymore most people live in a state of survival where they're afraid to follow their heart or follow their dreams because they don't know what's going to happen next they don't know how to tap in with self um, and they give over their most valuable resource which is their body or their mind over to a bigger organization that will promise to take care of them play mommy and daddy if you will and it was crazy when I found out that the uh the game of Monopoly, the Uncle Pennybags, the Money Man, was based off of J.P. Morgan. Y'all know Chase Bank? <laughs> we all know Chase. Interesting name, too. 
Um, but to know that, I started finding all these connections. Like, he was like, he even looks like the Colonel Sanders man. And J.P. Morgan had several enterprises, but one of them being mercantile ships. So, trading on the open waters. Here we go back to the water references again. So when you're playing Monopoly, you know, they have like the electric company, the water company, they have major streets in the city. I even, on the album artwork for this week, I used uh, our version of Monopoly that we here, have here in my house, and it's the New Orleansopoly. So it shows all the major streets like Bourbon, um, the French Quarter, the Smoothie King Center. I don't know that anybody ever sits to think about who actually owns these places. Who's running this organization, um, investing in land and real estate, knowing that it's going to be a essentially harvesting centers for people to come and spend their money to be entertained and entrained so they're not really worried about making or creating lasting wealth for themselves and again this is a replication of the mother energy we're supposed to be living in an abundant universe where everything is there for everybody but that's not necessarily the case because we live in a world of both so I did this show today because I wanted to enlighten people to themselves you know it is a weird world out here for sure and I've been told before oh you shouldn't be speaking about these topics it's it's taboo they don't want you to do that honestly I think I live in a world where every day is a choice you have a choice to live in your truth or not live in your truth you have a choice to align yourself with who you know you're supposed to be and that's a personal thing you know, guiding yourself through the the knowledge of wealth is also going to lead you through the knowledge of self because that's why they say wealth is health, health is wealth. How well you're doing in life or your standing solely depends on how you feel about yourself. And if you have had everything stripped away from you, you probably don't look at yourself as much if you're not guided correctly within the mind. So... Again, most people don't really stop to consider who owns each and every one of these organizations, how they did it, why the wealth is only contained within these families. But that's not necessarily what I want you all to focus on. I want you to focus on the word abundance and what that really means. To be abundant, to be full of something, to never be without. It's a word that I think some people have trouble understanding and using in their everyday lives because they're so used to scarcity, being without. But you know the phrase they say, as within, so without. So whatever you're feeling on the inside, you're supposed to feel on the outside. You're supposed to look or think how you want to feel on the outside. And knowing, you know, this brief history that I've given just on what was going on in other places and how eventually that commerce system made it to America. It makes you think about like Monopoly. Remember the card, how you can pick from community chest and it's always like up in the air. You might get something, you might not. It kind of reminds me of wealth and trading. So lately I have been going back down my finance journey, learning more about trading, saving, investing, and it's actually fascinating to me because, again, it's nothing more than a game of understanding the predictability of human behavior. How humans, <laughs> including myself, I'm calling myself out on this one, have known to be massive consumers. We think about right now. We don't tend to think long term, even though tomorrow was not promised as it is. And because of our lack of foresight, 
um, we cannot necessarily build generational wealth in the way we want to. And this goes especially for women. I know that I did grow up in a household where I did always have a lot of things at my disposal that most people do not have early in life. And I also walked away from it. However, now that I have a family of my own and I'm learning to build, I see why, especially for women, this is so important. If you knew that a lot of these places were in service to the mother, why is it that you're not taking your own power back? I've had to ask myself this many times. Why aren't you getting up and learning about wealth? Why aren't you learning about finance? Why are you so comfortable handing over what is already within you to someone else? Because it's nothing but a mimicry of who you are. And when I say that, I mean, when we talk about the feminine and the power of creation and being abundant, we create life. I've created life, literally, not just in physical projects, but in people. And if I'm able to do that, if I'm able to channel that, that energy within my own body that I naturally create through my own waters, because remember, we utilize these banks, these bodies of water in order to create more abundance, more and more abundance. Why is it that I think that having wealth is not possible? There's such a deeper history into this may I, that I may go into one day. But remember, I said that being a virgin means being an unmarried woman it does not mean someone who has not had intercourse I don't know where that phrase got mixed up over time but that is not what that means at all and you think about like the virgin cruise ships I was sharing this with one of my friends this week she was telling me that she was thinking about that like um one of the leading communication industries as well as a ship industry is called the virgin so they have used the separation of that in order to fund these organizations they name them they they name a lot of these organizations in the name of the mother if you haven't realized like amazon for example like the queen amazon right virgin mobile all of these like it's really been in our face the entire time but once you step into the awareness and the knowledge it allows you to activate because i know that i do decodes a lot and what i try to stress I should say emphasize and not stress because I have to be careful with my words. Um, what I want to emphasize is that decodes are cool, but if you're not doing anything physically and tangibly with that information, then it really means nothing. We could talk about the hidden secrets of the world all day. The world's history never ends, but it's what do you do with the information once you have it? Do you just sit with it? If we know that knowledge is power, knowledge is nothing more than Words and frequency, frequency is words that have been collected and formed in a spiritual container and then brought into the physical world when it is applied, then you can look at yourself and say, hmm, with all this decoding that I'm doing, all these things I thought were hidden, now that I know, I can find a way to be free again. I don't have to enslave myself anymore. And for me, even saying this out loud, especially on a podcast, is it's a little nerve-wracking, gut-punching a little bit, but I know that it's time because if it wasn't, I wouldn't feel comfortable doing this. You know, I'm thinking 30, 40 years down the line, what is life going to be like for my children? I, I don't think just in the now. Now, when I am practicing um, my spiritual practices and I'm learning to be in the moment, I let go of anything that's going to happen in the future. But I also do still at the same time when I am planning and 
creating things, I think about what that looks like. Because if we know that time doesn't really exist and it's a construct, the separation of this time from that time is no different. So the same way we saw the Knights Templar and the Jesuit orders at the beginning, um, creating these systems of trade, how much different is it from what we're experiencing right now, except on a larger level that is now moving into the digital space? So empowering women for generations to come, I think is very, very important because if we are the creators of life, we obviously want to create a world that our children can live in, ones that they can thrive in, where they get the educational systems that allow them to navigate through this world, to raise their own children, to have them live balanced, healthy lifestyles, to have positive interactions with their future friends and partners. And one thing and one way that I have benefited off of this personally, like I said, is learning about trading and investing. I've gotten so used to short term things that I never really considered that, hey, if I just put a little money here and there and things that are continually growing because Americans, people everywhere are massive consumers that will grow over time. And it's free information. You can get on YouTube and watch them. I've been, I gained a friend recently uh, over the past few months, and I have gone full blown into learning about how I can start trading and investing because it's nothing more than exchanging a form of energy for another. That's all. Because at first I got in over my head and I was like, okay, trading, investments. Oh my gosh, I know nothing about it. I hated math in school. And it is, like I said, a predictable human behavior. All you have to do is look at the events of the world. All you have to do is say, what's happening here, here, and here right now? Five years ago, what was happening here? Five years, what was happening here? If I put just like maybe a small amount of money whenever I can into this, will it grow over time? Of course it will. We know this, especially as mothers, because when we put the effort and the time into our children, they thrive as they get older because they hold those lessons. They gain interest. Y'all see, it, it's no different. They gain interest. They start to grow and thrive and become fruitful and multiply. You see how it keeps connecting back to like these biblical references? God said, be fruitful and multiply. They weren't just talking about kids. Anything that you touch, any creation that you have becomes something that extends for long periods of time. If only you focus on giving the same amount of care and attention to it as you give to other things. Focusing on self is so important, something I'm realizing right now because I've wasted so much time looking around at what everyone else was doing and thinking, oh, what I'm doing isn't enough, so I should just do this, I should do this, and I could never stay focused. I think a good farmer knows to spread his seed across many pieces of land, many areas, water it, care for it, and eventually watch it grow and thrive. So this isn't so much an episode to tell you, yeah, screw all them. They're doing all this. They're doing all that. I think this is a lesson of balance and divine order at the end of the day. Learning that what was done at the beginning of time, I almost believe it had to happen. It's like when you see someone get knocked off their horse and they have to figure out how to get back up again for 
the divine feminine especially because we have had to watch the systems of abundance controlled and manipulated so that it could only go down certain frequencies and channels when it was supposed to be spread everywhere should be something that enlightens us to learn these things that may feel uncomfortable and there are great women in finance all over I've met some I'm actually trying to get one on the show my friend I told you about right now but to know that it empowers you um, because I know especially being a wife I watched my mother be a stay-at-home wife. I'm a stay-at-home wife. And at first, you know, I was just comfortable with, oh, yeah, just let him. I'll take care of the house because that's what I know how to do. I'm a nurturing spirit. I know how to care for children. I know how to be patient. And children are no different than watching wealth grow because they are the wealth. They are the line of succession that you pass down your legacy to. Your legacy is the creations that you create throughout your life and you pass down so that it can create more. We want to create legacies, and I know like some people are like, yeah, I'm not good on a legacy. I just want to do whatever, and that's fine, but if we want to create the new world and we want to see ourselves in these positions that we were knocked down from at the very beginning, we have to really get a grip on what legacy means, what wealth means. Stop allowing it to scare us because every time you get on YouTube and you click, you just see a bunch of finance bros and you don't see a lot of women. But uh, it would be a lie if I said that they weren't out there, that they're not out there speaking, that they're not out there teaching. Um, I'm becoming one of them. <laughs> this is the first episode of Taylor Healing Collective podcast where I've ever discussed money because it is something that has made me extremely uncomfortable. I would tell myself stories like I don't have enough. I don't know how to save. I've foolishly spent so many times. I have knocked and ruined my credit being irresponsible, focused on the short term, never on the long term because I was living in a state of survival. I was not thriving. But now as I readjust and realign to the frequency I'm supposed to be living at, which is infinite abundance, I course correct every single day. And you can do this by listening to affirmations. That helps me for sure. You can listen to lectures if that helps you. Write notes. That is definitely my recommendation. I have to go back and look at my notes all the time. And whenever, no matter how you earn your income, no matter how you have it, it is important for you to learn to build the wealth for yourself because we are so much stronger than we act like. I speak from experience. I have gotten so used over the years to making myself small for other people, men and women thinking that if I stepped into my light, that I would become fearful. I would become <laughs> a witch, if you will, which is kind of funny because um, I recently found out that the witch of Wall Street, Hetty Green, who was a famous financial miser, uh, she died on my birthday. And I actually pretty soon, um, as soon as we can get her on the show, we'll be having Sophia, a.k.a. on TikTok, Astral Assassin, to talk about birthday portals and what it means spiritually when you share the same energy as someone who may have passed away on your birthday or was born on your birthday and how we take those archetypes and apply them in life. Mine happens to be with a lot of people who worked with money which is hilarious because I've been scared of working with money so long, always afraid I couldn't get it or that I couldn't have it. And now starting to understand the spiritual world a bit more and how I'm connected to all these things, I'm like, okay, let's step into your favorite movie, The Wolf of Wall Street, Leonardo DiCaprio. I don't, I didn't even plan to like really dig into my decodes today, but let me give y'all a, a quick clip. I'll probably post this one on TikTok. So I recently decoded The Wolf of Wall Street. So remember I told you Hetty Green, if you look her up, 
um, she was known as the witch of Wall Street, very wealthy woman who did not share her wealth with anyone, was called the witch of Wall Street. Now, if you've seen the movie Wolf of Wall Street with Leonardo DiCaprio, it speaks about a man who started off in stocks and brokerage and became like F.U. rich. <laughs> and his wife is played by Margot Robbie, who was born in Queensland, Australia. Don't think that Queensland is just there for no reason. She's also a water sign. We know water is abundant. And so you know that, right? Jordan Belfort, who the movie and the book is based upon, is also a Cancer. Another water sign. I think water signs might know a little something about money. I don't think Hetty Green was born in that, but she definitely died during Cancer season. So that says a lot. So in decoding that movie, I found that all these connections just are here to show you these archetypes and how they play out. Margot Robbie, I've seen her in a couple movies. One of them most recently that you all know was the Barbie movie, where it speaks about the origins, the simulation story, the the whole thing about Barbie being created to create like this perfect form of what a woman was supposed to be. But then she emulates so many different archetypes of what the woman is too so she was never meant to fit in a box like they had her she was meant to outsource outlive everything because that's who she was so notice these feminine divine feminine stories that keep showing up on tv in the news all of that it's not by coincidence so the takeaways i want you to be able to remember from this episode are that the ability to create exists and lives within each and every one of us each and every one the power of creation does just not lie in the hands of the masculine but the feminine this is why they copied copycats <laughs> in order to step into your own power your own frequency you have to first understand that you are water you are abundance you are a channel you are a bank you have the ability to create abundance anywhere you want but you have to eliminate first the fear that you are not a part of every single thing that goes on in this world. I also hope that you kind of take away the history. Like this didn't just start yesterday. This has been going on for a very long time. But do something with that history. Whether it be sharing it on your own platform. Whether it be teaching your children. You know, let's stop being in the habit of mindlessly playing games and not understanding the origins of things. Let's stop being in the habit of not understanding that everything that we touch is available for trade and commerce if only we know how to work with wealth. So I encourage you to explore different forms of wealth, investing, and embark on your own journey towards prosperity because it's always there for you. So thank you for joining us on this enlightening episode in exploration of history, finance, and empowerment for women. Stay tuned for our next episode where we will be delving into the world of the spiritual with Sophia, a.k.a. Astral Assassin. And remember, this has been the Taylor Healing Collective Podcast. As always, let love lead the way.
success. I am sure of what is coming and let the universe do the rest. I don't know how, I don't know when, but I manifest what I want again and again. I don't know how, I don't know when, but I manifest what I want again and again. I don't know how, I don't know when, but I manifest what I want again and again. Time is a dimension that we enter when we choose to align with self that's divine. It first exists inside of our minds. I don't know how, I don't know when, but I manifest what I want again and again. I visualize my desires 